Good morning and welcome to the Abundant Life Church, where faith and life connect. Today is the day that the Lord has made, and I don't know about you, but I am excited. I'm excited about just spring being on its way, even as today is daylight savings time and we may have lost an hour. You may have woken up and feel a little tired, a little off, and feel like you've lost that time. But you know who is never off? That is Jesus Christ. And so we are so excited that we can be here to celebrate our Lord and Savior. So this morning, settle your hearts, settle your minds as we enter into a time of worship. Today we have a word coming from our bishop and we'll have the opportunity to, to talk about it, to interact with the sermon, the word this morning. So I pray that you would settle your hearts, settle your minds as we begin to lift up the name of the Lord. So would you pray with me? Father, we thank you. We are excited for what you are going to do today. We invite your presence into this service, and we ask, oh, Father, that you would bless us, oh, God. Open our hearts and our minds that we would receive that which we need from you today. Lord, we pray for salvation. We pray, Lord, for needs to be met. Have your way today. So, Lord, we thank you for the word that is to come. We thank you for the worship, God. So we pray at this time that you, Lord, would surround us and camp around us your presence that we, oh God, would feel you today and know that you are here with us. So, Father, we thank you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Now, let us worship. We appreciate you. We love you. Oh, God. Can I hear the believers lift their voices in the room? Worship forever. Oh, you're worthy of worship. 
mountain, looked all around, couldn't find nobody, went down into the deepest valley, looked all around, down there, couldn't find nobody, I went across the deep blue seas, couldn't find one to compare. To your grace, your love, your mercy, nobody greater, nobody greater than you. I searched all over, couldn't find nobody. I looked high and low, still couldn't find nobody, nobody greater. Nobody greater than, nobody greater than you. I searched all over, couldn't find nobody. I looked high and low, still couldn't find nobody. 
nobody great nobody greater than nobody greater than you and nobody can heal like you can oh most holy one you are the great i am awesome in all your ways and mighty is your hand you are he who carried out redemption's plan you are he who carried out redemption's plan i searched all couldn't find nobody. I Find nobody. Nobody, nobody great. Nobody greater. Nobody greater than you. Nobody great. Nobody great. Nobody. Nobody great. Nobody greater than you. Nobody greater. Nobody great. Hallelujah. Nobody great. Nobody. Nobody greater than you. Oh, nobody great. Nobody great. Nobody greater than you. Oh, nobody, nobody great. experience that we've just had that there is no one greater than our God. We're so thankful for the time of worship that we've just had. And now as we stay in that same mindset 
Let us look to the Lord and prepare our hearts for the word that is coming. Would you pray with me? Father, we are so thankful that you are a God who is uncomparable. We're thankful, O oh God, because there is no one greater than you. We thank you, O oh God, because you sit high and you look to your people here on earth because you care and you're concerned about us. So, Father, in that same light, we pray that through the word that is to come, Lord, that you would speak to us and let us know, God, that you are caring and that you are con you're concerned about us, O oh Father. So we lift up our hearts to you in preparation for the word that is to come. And we pray, oh God, Holy Spirit, would you speak to us today? We lift up our bishop and we pray, oh God, that you would give him the anointing to speak the word from heaven. Lord, may you reign upon us today that we might experience your love, your grace, your favor, and your peace. Lord, we thank you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now. Let's hear from our bishop. Well, good morning and welcome to Abundant Life Church. We are so excited and glad that you're here with us today. If you are joining us for the first time, we want to welcome you. Thank you so much for taking the time to worship with us. I trust that as you're listening and as you're enjoying the worship and as you're participating in the worship, that God's presence is being felt right where you are. We know that God says in his word, the Lord says in his word, he says, you know, I inhabit the praises of my people. I'm a God who sits in the praise. So as you praise him, he comes where you are. And so this morning, we're delighted to come to you um, by way of uh, this uh, broadcast and uh, just uh, letting you know that we are so uh, wonderfully blessed that we can bring worship where you are. And so. I'm here to bring a word, and I trust that you are ready to receive. Please get your Bible, tablet, something to write on. And of course, if you have our app, you can go to the app, and we're going to dive right in to God's word. And so i first like to pray before we get into the word. So if you would, bow your head or wait where you are, and we're just going to ask the Lord to bless our time together. Father, thank you for what we're about to receive. Father, even as it was already prayed, we thank you for giving us, Lord, a fresh revelation of what you would say. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to call your attention to another parable. So I've been preaching on parables for um, several times that I have spoken. And last week, we, we shared a parable um, concerning uh, the kingdom of God. And we want you to uh, check out the, uh, the archives, and you can actually see uh, all the messages that the Lord has brought through us and various speakers as well. And so today, because we're talking about the kingdom all this year, we're, we're talking about what it means to uh, live and respond to God's authority, his lordship over our lives, making the kingdom number one in 2021. And so as we come before uh, this, this passage, I want to share another parable with you found in Matthew's gospel, the 24th chapter, verses 38 to 51. That's Matthew 24, verses 38 to 51. Here reads the scripture. It says, For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it would be 
at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field, one will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding with a hand mill, one will be taken and the other left. Therefore, Jesus says, keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you must be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Who then is a faithful and wise, wise servant whom the master has put in charge of his servants and his household to give them their food at the proper time? It would be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. Truly, I tell you, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But suppose that servant is wicked and says to himself, my master is staying away for a long time. And he then begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with the drunkards. The master of the servant will come on that day when he does not expect him and at the hour he's not aware of. And he'll cut him into pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites there where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I, I like to speak on the subject today. Ready or not, here I come. Ready or not, here we come. Jesus is actually talking to his disciples, and he is on the Mount of Olives. And they are being uh, actually taught and trained and ministered to by Jesus. And he's talking to them about the future. He's talking to them about what is going to happen in the future because they're concerned about what's ahead. And Jesus gives what I call a grim report. He doesn't say, well, you know, um, the sun is going to be shining all the time, but he actually talks about the end of the world. And, and he begins to just paint it. He says, you know, he starts off and says, you know, see those buildings that you're looking at right now? Those are all going to be collapsed. They're going to be all gone. You're going to start seeing wars and hearing about rumors of wars. Uh, you're going to have earthquakes in different places. Um, you're, you're actually going to see people actually turn away from the faith. And not only that, disciples, you, you're going to be persecuted, and actually you're going to actually be martyred and killed. But the end is not going to be yet, because, you know, the gospel is going to be preached throughout the whole earth, and then the end is going to come. And then Jesus talks about himself, and he says, you know, I'm going to come again. And you know, that's the hope of every believer, that he's going to come again. And I pray that that is your hope, to see Jesus come again. And whether he comes while we're alive or he comes at some other point, he is going to come. Jesus told them a lot, a lot of these encounters not to make, make them what I call discouraged or afraid because there's a lot of people who read passages like this and they just kind of shut their eyes and say, you know, I don't want to hear anymore about this devastation that's going to happen to the world. I know a lot of people felt a year ago, as we entered this global pandemic, that it probably might be the end of the world. Some people have felt that when 9-11 hit in New York City, when the Twin Towers fell to the ground, they were wondering, was that the end of the world? 
But you know what? Jesus says, no, the end is not yet. There are many different things that are going to happen in succession. There are many things that's going to happen before the end. But you know what? Jesus said he's coming again. And when you read about this, he doesn't want you to be afraid. He wants you to be prepared. You know, um, when I think about preparation, um, I, I feel that there is a security when I am prepared. I don't know about you, but growing up and being in school, one thing that would make me so nervous is when they would do what they call these pop quiz things. You know, the pop quiz where um, they've been studying, a, we've been studying a topic for a little while and all of a sudden the teacher says, okay, I want you to put your books away and I just want you to have a writing utensil in your hand, preferably a pencil, because we're gonna have a pop quiz. And the pop quiz is going to count on your grade. And you don't know what they're going to ask. You don't know uh, what questions. You haven't been forewarned. It's a pop quiz. And all of a sudden, uh, my hands would start getting sweaty, and, and my, my, my knees would start to shake, because I, I don't like pop quizzes. I'm not, a, I'm not a person who, what I call, loves surprises. Now, maybe you do, but I don't. I, I, I like to be prepared. I like to know what is actually going to happen so I can get ready. And so here it is. Jesus is telling them, you know, I want you to be prepared for what is about to come because Jesus leaves out a very significant thing. He tells them that uh, I'm going to come, but he doesn't tell them when. He doesn't say I'm going to come at 2, 3 o'clock. He doesn't tell them what year he's going to come. He doesn't tell them what month he's going to come. They're asking questions. When, when? He says, um, I, I'm not going to tell you. You just got to be prepared. You got to be ready. And so as kingdom children... We are called to be in a place of readiness. We don't know when the Lord's going to come. We just have to be ready. And so today, I want to talk about what Jesus says in this parable so that we can be ready. I, I, want, I want you to put in the chat box, uh, you know, it's, it's time for me to get ready. It's time for me to get ready. Ha have you ever uh, felt the rush of trying to get yourself prepared because you knew something was coming up really quick? Well, here it is. Jesus talks about what it means to get prepared. He says four things, and I want to share these four things with you. Number one, in verse 42, after Jesus talks about this, uh, him coming back and says, you know, I'm going to come back. Whether you're ready or not, I'm going to come back. He says, I'm coming back. He says to them in verse 42, he says, the first thing I want you to do, disciples, is keep watch. I want you to keep watch. And he says, therefore, keep watch because you don't know on what day the Lord's going to come. And then he says in verse 43, he says, but understand this. If the owner of the house had known at the time of night, or know what time of night the, the thief was coming, he would have kept watch. It would not have left his house to be broken into. I notice here he, he talks about a thief that is, wants to sneak, sneak into a house or sneaks into a house. And see, he names it a, a thief. He doesn't say robber. See, a robber doesn't care who's home. A robber will come in and say, all right, I don't care who's in the house. I'm here to take whatever I need to take, and I don't care who's in here. But a thief doesn't want you to see them. See, the, the thing that happens here is that Jesus is saying, you know, he's not going to be a thief. 
You know, people say that he's going to be a thief. No, he comes. It's like a thief who comes in. You don't know when they're coming, so you just have to be aware. If you knew someone was going to come to your house and, and rob you and steal your possessions, but of course you would be on high alert. You probably would set out a watch. You probably would hang up some security cameras. Or you, you would check your doors, and you would try to make sure you did all you could do to keep the thief from ripping you off. And so Jesus says, don't fall asleep. Make sure you're alert. Be watchful. And being watchful is, is, is not necessarily staying awake all night, 24 hours a day, because, again, you don't know when he's going to come, but it says to be alert. He wants you to be spiritually, spiritually alert. He wants you to be a person who is on your watch. That's why we call prayer watches. He wants you to be a person who is actually engaged in kingdom work because that is all a part of what it means to be watchful. We have to stay alert. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 1 to 3, Paul talks about this as well. He says, now, brothers and sisters, about the times, I want to tell you about the times and dates that you don't need, uh, we, we do not need to write you about, uh, for you know well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. And while people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman and they will not escape. He's saying, you know, don't, don't go to sleep thinking that you have a false sense of security by saying, you know, nothing's really going to happen. You want to be alert. Stay alert. The second thing Jesus says is in verse 44. He says, so you also must be ready. Second point, you got to be ready. Put in chat box, be ready, be ready, be ready. Not only stay alert, but you got to be ready. Being ready means taking advantage of every opportunity that comes to you. Being ready means that you are actually in a place where you have prepared for the season that you're about to encounter. You know, right now, we are uh, just on the precipice of spring. Uh, today, today we, we, we're actually seeing the, the light of day. Um, just the day's getting longer. Daylight is getting longer. And so we're seeing a, a breakthrough from the winter season into the springtime. And so that means I, I need to start getting ready and put away those winter clothes and put up that wool and start getting out my spring clothes and get ready for summer. You know, God has seasons for you, seasons for your family, seasons in your life, seasons in your career. Are you getting prepared? Are, are, you, are you ready for something new? There's a lot of folks that will sing, it's a new season, it's a new day. But the question is, are you ready for the season? Are you ready for the new day? He says, be ready. Take advantage of the opportunity. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 and 16 says these words. He says, uh, be careful how you live. Be careful how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. And make the most of every opportunity because of the days that we're in are evil. The days we're in are evil. 
We, we have to make sure that we are taking advantage of all the blessings, the days, the weeks, the months, the hours that God has afforded us. There's no time to waste. You got to be ready. Tell, tell somebody in Chabash, you got to be ready. You got to be ready. Because Jesus says, ready or not, here I come. And you want to be ready. You don't want to be sitting in a, in a place where you're like, ah, you know, I don't, I don't, really, I, I, I don't know if he's going to come today. Maybe he's not going to come today, or maybe he's going to come today. I don't know. But, you know, he didn't come last week. He didn't come yesterday. You got to be ready. Number three. Verse 45, he says, who then is a faithful and wife's servant? whom the master has put in charge of the servants in his household to give them their food at the proper time. Verse 46, he says, it will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. He says, truly I tell you, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. What is he saying to him? He's saying that not only do you have to be ready, you got to be faithful. You, you got to be faithful. You got to be consistent. It's not a one-time thing where you did it once and you don't do it anymore. He says you need to be a faithful servant. What it means about being a faithful servant? It means that you have to continually be doing what God has instructed you to do. Now, the first thing is you got to know what God has instructed you to do. You, you got to hear from God what he's called you for. You have to know as a servant of the Lord, you're there to, number one, serve and serve him. See, the master of the house, this, this, this one who's, who's a servant, he, he's not the master of the house, he, but he does have stewardship responsibilities. He does have a requirement that the master has laid out for him, and that is to be faithful. I want you to put in the chat box, it's time to be faithful. Are, are you faithful? Are you, are you a faithful servant? Can God call you faithful? Can he count on you? See, I, I know that there's so many times that we look at how many people we can count, but God is not looking at how many people he can count. He's looking for how many people he can count on. Can God count on you to pray? Can God count on you to stand in the gap? Can he count on you to serve? Can he count on you? He says, be faithful and be a person of wisdom. Number four, he says, don't ignore the warnings. Don't ignore the warnings. Look at verse 48. He says, but suppose that servant, the servant, he's, he's serving in the house. The servant is wicked, and he, and he says to himself, my master is staying away for a long time. And then he begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with the drunkards. The master of that servant will come on that day that he does not expect him. And at that hour, he's not aware of. And he will cut him into pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. He's telling, he's telling us, Jesus is telling us, you know, you don't want to ignore warnings and ignore signs. See, the reason why Jesus was talking to his disciples, he was telling them, here's are the signs that you need to look for. 
You know what? We can see some of those signs right now. Prophecy is being fulfilled. And unfortunately, people will just ignore it. People will just kind of shrug it off and say, eh, it's, it's not that big a deal. It's just kind of a happenstance. Jesus talked about that, and he compared it to the days of Noah. Noah, who was just serving, serving God, and, and uh, God calls him to build this big, humongous ark, this big, humongous cruise ship. And he's building this ark because God said, it's going to rain. I'm going to, I'm going to send out 40 days and 40 nights of rain, and it's going to destroy the earth. And Noah, who has found grace in the eyes of the Lord, he's preaching. And he preached 120 years. And people looked at him and said, this man's crazy. Because we have not seen rain before, so why is he talking about rain? We don't know what rain. Rain? How could it rain? We've never seen rain before. But God told him it was going to rain and to build an ark. And the Bible says when it started to rain, people, as people probably were just like, oh, my goodness, it is raining. It's doing something that never happened before. But if you read in Genesis the account of Noah, there's a, a very, very, very what I call disappointing moment because when they got to the ark, the Bible says the door was shut. Do you know that if you ignore warnings, there'll be a time when the door will be shut? There'll be a time when you cannot take advantage of that opportunity anymore because it's gone forever. Jesus says, you know, this man, this man just said to himself, you know, um, the master's staying away so long. I don't, think, I, don't think he, I don't think he's coming back. And so he started to abuse the servants. He started to mistreat the servants. Rather than serving them, he abused them. Not thinking that he ever had to give an account for what he was doing. See, all of us are going to have to give an account as servants. So the reason why He's calling us to be ready and be prepared because he is coming. And guess what? He's not going to wait for me to get ready forever. He's, he's saying, I'm coming, ready or not. Ready or not, here I come. So you don't want to ignore warnings. How many of us have ignored warnings in life that if we would be able to get back that opportunity again and say, you know what, that was a mistake. I should have just listened to the warning. Or maybe it was an opportunity, a door opened, and you just kind of just ignored that opportunity and said, ah, it'll come around again, but it, it never came around. And it may never come around again because that is a one-shot deal. You don't want to ignore warnings. And not only did he ignore the warning, but he, he lied to himself. Rather than him saying, you know, well, maybe he is coming back because he's, he's been truthful all this, all this time, so, you know, I, I need to stay ready. I need to treat the servants right. I need to be able to give an account for my stewardship. He lies to himself, and he falls into false security and says, you know, he's not coming back. So Jesus says, do not ignore the warnings 
and you don't want to lie to yourself that he's not coming. So uh, Jesus is trying to prepare you and I for moments like this. He says, look, I'm coming whether you're ready or not. And you know, Jesus will come to this earth again, but you know what? He's coming even with opportunities right where you are right now. He's coming with healing and coming with deliverance and coming with open doors. And he's coming, he's coming, he's coming with a word. And the question will be, are you ready to receive? Are you ready to take advantage? And are you ready to move and to act? Because he says, you know, whether you're ready or not, I'm coming. A story is told, um, there was a farming community and that hadn't had rain for a very long time. And there was a group of churches and folks from different churches in the community that said, you know, we haven't had rain in such a long time. And if we don't get rain, our crops are going to die. We need rain. So they determined that they were going to say, oh, all right, let's get together and let's have a prayer meeting. So they gathered in the square and they brought their their religious symbols. They brought some religious symbols with them, like they brought the Bibles, they brought their crosses. Um, some folks brought their rosary beads, and some people brought all different types of, of symbols, and some, some even brought oil. And they were just gathering together, and they were singing, and they were, they were praying. They said, Lord, we need rain. Send your rain, Lord. Send your rain. We need rain, God. We, we need rain. Our crops are going to die if we don't have rain. And while they prayed, there was no rain that day. But the next day, there was a little boy. And that little boy, he had faith in God, just like all those who gathered. And he went to pray exactly where they prayed. But he wasn't with a large group of people. He was by himself. And he prayed a simple prayer similar to what they prayed. Lord, we need rain. God, we need rain. God, we need rain. He didn't have a symbol like a Bible. He didn't have any rosary beads. He didn't have any oil. But as he prayed, the sky grew black with clouds. And all of a sudden, it started to sprinkle, and then it started to pour rain. And this little boy, he holds up a symbol because he did have one, he had an umbrella. He brought an umbrella. He didn't bring a Bible. He didn't bring oil, but he brought an umbrella. And they asked him, why did you bring an umbrella? Why did you bring an umbrella? Why didn't you bring a Bible? Why didn't you bring something that reflects a, a religious symbol of Christ, something? He brought an umbrella? And the little boy said, well, I just believe that when I pray for rain, God's going to give me rain. So if he's going to give me rain, I wanted to bring a sign of my faith that his word was true. And do you know, that's what we do in life, isn't it? When we hear that it's going to rain, 
you know, we, we, we bring an umbrella that the, the meteorologist, who's not always correct, can get us to behave in such a way because they'll say, it's going to rain. And if you live in the Northeast or places that have snow, all they have to do is say there's a Northeaster coming and folks are running to the grocery store to empty out the shelves and take all the water and take all the food and, you know, just because the forecast is saying snow and we believe them. So if we can believe a meteorologist or we can believe the experts, why don't you believe God? whose word, he says, and you, as you read it, even in the chapter, he says, heaven and earth are going to pass away, but my word will never pass away. You see, the servant was deemed wicked. He was deemed wicked because he, he told himself not to believe the truth. And he acted carelessly because he just wouldn't believe the truth. As a result, he ended up having such regret, and Jesus described it as weeping and gnashing of teeth. He was thrown in with the category of the hypocrites. See, Jesus is telling all those who follow him that you have to believe his word. You have to believe his word to the point where you're not going to be swayed. You're not going to be distracted. Because he told you he's coming, that you're going to be alert. You're going to get ready. So Jesus says, stay alert. He says, be ready. He says, be faithful. And don't ignore the warnings and lie to yourself. But instead, he wants you to believe and he wants you to act. And Jesus says, you know, whether you do it or not, I'm going to come anyway. Because Jesus says, hey, ready or not, here I come. And so today, the Lord's word is to get you prepared. Get you prepared so that you will stay alert, that you'll be ready. That you're not going to just pray and just go through religious exercises, but you're really going to believe his word. So this morning, would you pray with me that you step out in faith, that this is the time that you, you, you get alert, you shake yourself so that you can be the type of believer, the type of believer, the type of follower, a kingdom person that Jesus can actually pour more of his possessions and the true riches into your life. Let's pray. Father, thank you. For this word and thank you lord that you are speaking to our hearts even now lord we we know lord that we in many cases have been falling asleep and even during this time of a uh, one year has been since we gathered there, there are many of us lord who are just used to the idea of just we don't even have to get up to go to a house of worship it it, it seems it seems so comfortable where we are that we don't even rise up to bless you. And so, Lord, we pray that you shake us out of our lethargy and cause us to understand and know that we need to be alert 
We need to be ready. We need to be faithful. We need to be, oh God, Father, on our watch. We need to stop ignoring the warnings because ready or not, here you come. So Lord, we thank you for preparing our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. For those of you that are watching for the first time, and uh, perhaps you've been watching us for a while, uh, but maybe you never asked the Lord into your life. I just want to lead you in a prayer because, you know, that's also part of being ready. Um, are you ready to go with the Lord? But not only that, but are you ready that if you were to die right now or the next few minutes, would you be ready to go with the Lord? Would you be in the presence of God? But you can know that because you receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. So would you pray with me? Father, I thank you for your love, your kindness. Today I pray, Lord, that as I open up my heart, I want to receive you as my Lord and Savior. I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross, was buried, and he rose again. And so today, I thank you, and I receive you into my life. Lord, help me to follow you. Help me, Lord, to draw close to you. And may my relationship with you grow. Father, help me, Lord, to be the kind of person, Father, who is ready and prepared for your coming or your call. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, we'd like you to text SAVED at 833-300-0670. If you need prayer for anything, we want to invite you to be prayed for. You can also text prayer at 833-300-0670, and we will pray with you and pray for you. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening to this word. And remember, Jesus says, ready or not, here I come. Wow, thank you for that word, Bishop. Ready or not, here I come. You took me back to my hide-and-go-seek games as we were a child. I don't know how many of you may have played that, but ready or not, here we come. But it's a very sobering message towards us to help us to see that there's some preparation, some we need to be about this next season. Yep. So you outlined a couple of people, types of people. And so in our Let's Talk About It section now, we want to have a chance to just kind of chill out and just talk with you about that. So you outlined two types of people. You said those that are ready and those that are not ready. Mm -hmm. Now we're not going to ask folks what category that they're in, whether they're <laughs> ready or not. But would you speak to the people who are not ready? And would you help them to identify what are some of the red flags that might be in their life that's keeping them from being ready? And then the second part of that would be what steps can they take to get ready? Well, that's a, that's a very good question. Uh, first of all, you have to sense that there's an urgency. Uh, so when Jesus talks about the end times, there is a sense of urgency because we don't know the date and the hour that's coming. So he doesn't want you to or I to believe that, you know, let's just be casual and let's just be nonchalant. Um, but if a person is you know, struggling with this whole thought of being ready, um, 
they have to ask themselves the question, um, what does God really want me to do that's very, very urgent? And secondly, you don't have a long time to do what God has called you to do. You know, we're not, we're, we're mortals, you know, we're not, we're not, we, we're not people who live uh, our lives on earth for eternity, okay? That, that's, that's when we talk about eschatology and, but you know, we don't have a lot of time to complete the work that God has for us to do. And so the work is, is it is urgent. And if you're really going to be um, a kingdom person that is actually effective in what God is doing, you have to sense that urgency and you have to understand that it is your job, your responsibility to get ready. People can't get ready for you, you have to get ready. And the question is, do you want to do it? Do you really want to do it? Wow. Um, so a red flag could be you're not, you, you don't sense a sense of urgency. You're kind of like, or maybe you're avoiding the sense of urgency that you might be sensing. Yeah. Or you're telling yourself, you know. I got time. I got time. Yeah. How, many, how many people hear the gospel, yeah. right, and they think they got time? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I know people who have heard the gospel. They've grown up in church. They've grown up in Sunday school. They heard it, but they've never acted on it. They've never acted in faith. They never opened their life to God. And then, boom, mm-hmm. the door shut. Right, right. And that was heavy when you said the door was shut. That kind of, you just kind of went, and it made me think about some of the missed opportunities. And I know some of you may have also paused and thought about, wow, the missed opportunities. So for those of us so that we don't, we've decided, okay, heard you, Bishop, today, don't want to miss any other opportunities. How can we prepare ourselves for those changing seasons? So even like today, we had to prepare to move ahead, that hour ahead. How can we prepare ourselves? Well, it takes discipline to prepare yourself. Um, it takes what I call um, to degree of that you really want to do what it takes in order to prepare yourself. Um, whether it's having your prayer life, understanding where to go. It might be just learning and going to, to get prepared by you know, taking advantage of courses that's going to help you do your ministry better, whatever that ministry might be. It doesn't necessarily have to be a ministry inside the local church either. But um, getting ready will cost you something. You know, getting ready will, will mean that you're going to have to get focused. And you're going to have to get serious because, the, the, you know, as you read in the passage, the man said to himself, you know, um, he was lying to himself and saying, you know, I don't really have to pay attention to this. And... He ended up beating the servants and ended up mistreating them. He, he didn't serve. Right. He abused. Wow. He, abused his, he abused what he had. Right. And if you're not um, really serious about serving God, you're going to abuse what you have. You're going to abuse your health. You're going to abuse your, your spouse. You're going to abuse your kid. You're going to do something to waste your life. And then, you know what? It ended in regret. Wow. It ended in regret. And there's so many people, they... They live their lives and end up in regret because they have the, the woulda, shoulda, couldas. Right, right. The woulda, shoulda, couldas, oh, those are painful. Those are pain- So you said get ready, get focused, be disciplined, and I hope you all are putting those things in the chat that Bishop is saying so we can all learn from them because we don't want to live a life of regrets. I mean, I know we all can say we have some regrets about some things, mm. 
but the spiritual things. As kingdom people, we don't want to live a life of regret. Well, anything else that you want to add to that? Yeah, and it's, it's simply this. You just have to act on the word. Um, do, you be, do you believe what Jesus is telling you? So if it's, a, if it's in the form of a prophetic word, if it's in the form of a preached word, if it's in the form of God speaking to you in prayer, do you truly believe that that word is going to come and pass? And do you believe that word is true? And if we believe it, we'll and act believe upon it. it. Will you act on it? You know, will you bring the umbrella because you know that yes. God is going to answer the prayer for rain? Yes. Somebody please put that in the chat. I'm bringing my umbrella. Please put that. I'm bringing my umbrella. I have an umbrella, and we're going to use it. Well, thank you for that illustration, Bishop. That was excellent. Ready or not, here we come. Ready or not. I hope you're ready. Your gifts and generosity are certainly a blessing to the kingdom of God. We have three ways to give here at ALC. First, you can text GIVE to 855-952-1023. Simply type GIVE to this number and follow the prompts. Secondly, you can give using our new giving platform, Tithely Giving. Go to alccambridge.org slash give and follow the instructions. You can also give using our ALC Church app. Simply download the app and press the Give button and set up your one-time or recurring giving. And finally, you can mail your tithes and offering to the Abundant Life Church at 47 Howard Street, Cambridge, Mass., 02139. If you have any questions or concerns, please don't hesitate to contact us at info at alckame.org. And now we're ready to pray and to bless the offerings as we give them today. Let's pray together. Father, we're grateful for this day and this time that you've allowed us to give. We are ready. We have ready hearts to give today, to give of a portion of what you've blessed us with. We thank you for jobs and for income. We thank you for the ability and capacity to earn. And Father, we pray now as we give a portion back, those of us that are tithers, we're giving you our tenth freely, and we ask for a blessed 90 as we give. Those of us that are giving offerings, Lord, we're giving above and beyond, and we're giving an offering freely unto you. And as we give it to you, we pray that it would be blessed and multiplied and used for the building up of your kingdom. For those that don't have it to give today, we pray that you would provide for them, that you would make doors open and that you would provide a way for them to be able to give. And we thank you that as you give seed to the sowers, that they will sow freely. So we pray that you bless their barns and their storehouses as they even prepare themselves to be givers. So bless the giver in the gift today and those that are yet to give and may all be used for your honor and glory. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Oh, oh, 
You can have my heart. Oh, oh, you can have my heart. You can have my heart. You love with no reservation. You're not looking for perfection. So there's no need in me pretending. I'll give you everything. I'll give you everything. You deserve my full attention. Nothing less than my devotion. So speak to me and I will listen. I'll give you everything. I'll give you everything. Oh, oh, you can have my heart. You can have my heart. Every part of me, God. Oh, oh, you can have my heart. You can have my heart. I give it all to you. Oh, oh, you can have my heart. You can have my heart. You can have my heart. Be the word of my emotions. Set me free from selfish motives. Search me till there's nothing hidden. I'll give you everything. I'll give you. Today for our Women's History Month segment, we want to honor the contributions of women of faith. These women used their faith inside the church and in the community to accomplish some amazing things for God. 
I also want to encourage and challenge you to be ready to do the same. Have faith in the gifts. Have faith in the talents. Have faith in what God is asking of you. And apply that faith in whatever setting you find yourself. Be blessed by these women in history. Coretta Scott King was an American author, activist, civil rights leader, and the wife of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. As an advocate for African-American equality, she was a leader for the civil rights movement in the 1960s. King was also a singer who often incorporated music into her civil rights work. King met her husband while attending graduate school in Boston. They both became increasingly active in the American civil rights movement. Maya Angelou was an American poet and civil rights activist. She published seven autobiographies, three books of essays, several books of poetry, and is credited with a list of plays, movies, and television shows spanning over 50 years. She received dozens of awards and more than 50 honorary degrees. Angelou is best known for her series of seven autobiographies, which focus on her childhood and early adult experiences. The first, I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings, tells of her life up to the age of 17 and brought her international recognition and acclaim. Mary Eliza Mahoney had been a cook, a janitor, and a washerwoman before she began working at the New England Hospital for Women and Children. When she was 33, she entered the hospital's 16-month nursing program and earned her certification. In a 40-year career, Mahoney directed the Howard Orphan Asylum in Long Island, New York, and was a founding member of the group that became the American Nurses Association. After retirement, Mahoney continued to fight for minority rights and in 1920 became one of the first women to register to vote in Boston. Wow, what a powerful service we had this morning, worshiping God, being in his presence, hearing the word of the Lord, and also I just want to just let you know that this is, this is no time to fall asleep. This is no time to what we call try to get back to normal. The Lord said that he's ready to come, and he's coming your way. He's coming with you with healing. He's coming with you with deliverance, coming with you with victory, opportunity, open doors. But also he promised that he will come again to earth. So let's be ready. So I'd like to bless you as we conclude our service today. Would you lift your hands and welcome the blessing into your life? Lord Jesus, we thank you this morning, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you for giving us a wake-up call to understand, Lord, that you're ready. You're ready to come and come in just ways, Lord, that we may not even have thought of. But yet, Lord, you're opening doors. You're changing our lives. You're, you're, you, Lord, you're doing so much and desire so much for us to have and do. So, Lord, we open our lives to you, open our hearts to you. And so, Lord, as uh, we conclude the service, we commend your people to God. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you. 
May the Lord be gracious unto you and give you his shalom, his peace. Nothing missing, nothing broken. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, God bless you. Thank you so much for being with us. And come back again as we worship the Lord right here at Abundant Life Church, where faith and life connect.